Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host, Hilary Milnes, and on today's episode, celebrity stylist Michaela Erlanger discussed how the stylist industry has changed over the last 10 years, the relationship between brands, celebrities, and stylists, and how she uses Instagram to her advantage. Hi, Michaela. Hi. Uh, so... Did I intro you right? Is that, That's you know, perfect. tell me, tell me what you do. How do you do it? How did you get here? Um, well, the world of celebrity styling is quite an interesting one um, and probably not a whole lot of what people expect it to be. Oh, I can't. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to business school. I got a um, business degree at Parsons mm-hmm. um, where I studied design and management. And I always knew I wanted to work in fashion. I didn't know exactly that you know, I was going to be a celebrity stylist per se, but I knew that I wanted to be in this world. Um, And I actually credit a lot of my, you know, early experience um, with my internships to sort of opening my eyes to this industry that existed. Mm. Um, But I graduated in 08 um, and not a great year. (laughs) Everyone was firing. No one was hiring. You know, being fresh out of college, it was really hard to find a job and I struggled with it. But um, I had really... um, really valued what I had learned through my internships and, and stayed in touch with um, an editor. Mm-hmm. And I went so back. So were, were you interning on the fashion side, the media yes, side? Yes, I was, I was at the, um, I was working at various fashion publications, mm-hmm. everything from um, Cosmo to Lucky, um, Team Vogue, every, every, you know, I was at Connie Nast and Hearst, you know, just really getting experience throughout college. And then when I graduated, I actually went back to intern um, for a magazine. Mm-hmm. And it was that sort of second round of interning post-graduation uh, that led me to discover the world of freelance. You know, I saw these other editors coming into the magazine and I was like, well, we're kind of doing the same thing. You know, you're on set, I'm on set helping to style these shoots. Right. But who are you? You don't work for the magazine, neither do I. Like, there's there's something here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put the word out, and a family friend introduced me to a celebrity stylist. Her name was Annabelle Tolman. And I went on to land another internship with her. I treated it like a job. Um, I went on to intern with her for a year, and ultimately she hired me, and I assisted her for six years. Um, and she really taught me everything. There was a brief stint, though, in L.A. where I went on to sort of explore the world of costume design. Ooh. And that was invaluable experience and very much like a coming-of-age period of time for me, um, learning about the business and um motion picture and Mm -hmm. film and so forth um, and really honing in on my skills but um, working with Annabelle was really the foundation and um, you know I learned a lot from her and through that experience branched off on your own yeah so one of the makeup artists um, from one of the films that I worked on called me one day and said I'm working with this actress she has this show it's called Downton Abbey her name is Michelle Dockery she plays Lady Mary she's going to the Golden Globes Mm -hmm. She needs a stylist. Can I recommend you? And I said, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really how it all sort of started. And then Michelle introduced me to um, 
an unknown actress at the time named Lupita Nyong'o. And had a similar sort of, hey, I have a friend. Can I recommend you? And, you know, I said, of course. So um, a little bit of hard work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a little bit of luck. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a dream. Right. And those connections. And those connections. Sure. So so now in Yahoo, who all do you you work with? And how do you build up a roster from there, especially when you're starting out just from a few like recommendations? Like, oh, sure. I mean, listen, word of mouth and referrals is by far and large the most important um, and I think the best kind of way to get work because Mm -hmm. it speaks for itself. Um, So that's an important um, important sort of component to acquiring new business. Um, but aside from being referred by my clients and my friends and people who like my work, um, you know, I think social media is a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a website. Um, I think technology is an important tool. And I also have an agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there is a world in which stylists have agents that help um, manage the flow of work and mm-hmm. the talent that we're working with. But my, my roster has grown. I mean, I started my business when I was 28 years old. Um, and... A lot of people would underestimate that a 28-year-old who had, you know, been an assistant could go on and really land some major mega movie stars. But I think if you have talent and you have drive and you have uh, business sense and uh, that acumen, you know, anything is possible. Um, so my my roster grew pretty pretty quickly after um, Lupita won the Oscar. You know, I was mm-hmm. sort of catapulted into this new arena people were wondering who was behind her dresses and same thing with michelle um and after that the phone kept ringing um, and it was an exciting time yeah and so you see you mentioned you were able to go from assistant to to having your own your own business yes but for six years Mm -hmm. i assisted that's like a very long time let's be real (laughs) you put in the dues yeah But, but do you think the timing in the industry was also right in that you did have social media you had these ways of promoting yourself individually in ways that there might have been barriers um you know several years before i i do instagram was actually new instagram had like just come out the year of the year of lupita Mm -hmm. if you will um and instagram wasn't quite a tool yet um but press and media were invaluable and um i think sort of coming up in that time um where there was this um i don't know there was like this energy Mm -hmm. um you could feel it people were curious to learn more and to understand more and you know um having access to social media in that context was really important. I remember posting a picture of us on my Instagram um, on our way to Paris. She had just won the Oscar literally like the day before. And we were flying to Paris to go to the Miu Miu show. Mm-hmm. And I posted a picture of us on the airplane in our matching T-shirts. Um, they said Miu Miu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was just a cute picture. And it went viral. It, you know, People picked it up and Vogue picked it up and, you know, all of a sudden it was in all the press outlets and people were talking about it. And I had never really experienced that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I learned the power, I think, of social media and how quickly, um, you know, you can translate a 
an image or a moment or anything, really, a message um, mm-hmm. just through the click of that button right. and that photo. To like a huge platform, yeah. too. And I think even beyond that, like just looking at um, just looking at what happens now with the red carpet mm-hmm. and the space that we're in, I think it's so fascinating. I mean, the landscape has changed tenfold. Right. Um, you know, the minute something goes up on social media, that's it. You know, for me, it's old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can't be worn again. It can't be seen again. Like, right, it's out there. <laughs> it's out there. And so there is this sort of constant um, pressure for newness mm-hmm. or um, creativity. But on the flip side, also, Instagram has proven to be a really valuable tool for research and discovering new things and um, like new brands and new designers. 100%. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about like that relationship between you, the celebrity, and these new designers and even the more traditional fashion houses. Like, How do you workshop those relationships, especially because for these designers, it's such an important moment. It's so funny to think like, you know, even in like the 2000s, like these, the carpets are like a totally different, different place. And now every well, time for you leave really, your house. For a really long time, I remember... This is back when I was assisting. I remember that actresses didn't want to admit that they had help. Mm. It was a bit taboo. We mm-hmm. were kind of, the stylists were secret weapons, but we were really secret. Right. You know, we were kind of kept behind an iron curtain. People didn't want to, I don't know if it was admit that they had help or, you know, they wanted to, there was more mystery. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss the mystery a little bit because mm. um, I think that's what makes something special. Um, and there's certainly no mystery now with social media, but... Um, on the flip side, there is um, so much support. And um, as an artist, cause that's really how I view myself, we're celebrated as we should be for our craft mm-hmm. um, and for creating image and um, having a point of view um, with style and so forth. Right. But um, in terms of social and Instagram as a platform for discovering you know, new things. I mean, please, I spend every morning scrolling through my feed. Mm. My my direct message inbox is just as important as my email. I have brands from all over the world reaching out to me, hoping to get noticed or have access or to connect or to share something with me. And that's invaluable. Right. I wasn't able to find some of the things that I now have been able to find before. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have a hard lookbook or a PDF. Um, yeah, where did those come from before? Like, Well, the brands, they would mail them to me. Okay. Or they, they would mail, you know, a lookbook is, um, it's like a binder, if mm-hmm. you will, or a, a small book of the season's collection with all the pictures. And it could come in two forms, a hard copy or in a digital PDF, or sometimes they'd mail it to you on a um, USB drive. Right. And that's how you would look at the collections. Or mm-hmm. v- on Vogue, they have all the collections showcased. And right. so there's that sort of archive. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you weren't on Vogue or you didn't have my email mm-hmm. or my address to get me your lookbook, then I would miss out on right. this world of opportunity and creative newness. And so anyway, I think Instagram is phenomenal as a tool. And I have I discovered 
Richard Quinn on Instagram. I discovered Halpern on Instagram. Lupita wore Halpern to um, the Star Wars premiere and broke the internet. You know, um, and and beyond. Those are just two brands that are coming to mind right now. Mm-hmm. But new jewelry designers and shoe brands and um, sustainable brands and I mean brands with a message and brands with a point of view and a meaning right. and. Emerging designers. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. What do you look for? Because it seems like, you know, this is a theme all throughout fashion. But but here, too, it's like these gatekeepers kind of came yeah. down. Like, you don't need to be featured on Vogue in order to make it on Correct. a celebrity's red carpet. Like, so you have all these new ways of well, reaching these people. Definitely. I think um, for me, it works two ways. First of all, when I'm crafting someone's image or I'm styling someone for a red carpet, it's very personal and it's very unique. And no two clients are the same. Mm-hmm. There's no cookie cutter recipe for how to get someone dressed. Um, I pride myself on really um, working with the individual. Um, so the style and the brands that I work with per client are very specific. Um, and therefore, my research is very specific. So I'm either searching hashtags or, um, I don't know, uh, combing through my explore page mm-hmm. based on um, what it is that I am in need of. But I also love when the brands reach out to me. Right. Um and I actually I read every single message that I get. I, I don't have time to respond to every single one, but mm-hmm. I look at every single one. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say that there's one thing that sets the brands apart from uh, the ones that I don't use would probably be those that have a, a unique point of view mm-hmm. or something that has an element of surprise or just a message. Yeah. Um, so that's been really important to me. Or, you know, there's a little bit of luck too. You know, I have a need for something specific and it just so happens that our paths have crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also sort of the beauty of it. It's like a scavenger hunt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so tell us a little bit more about that search for brands that almost have like a, a higher meaning than just like, oh, here's, you know, here's our new collection. Like, yeah, well, I love anything message? with a message. Yeah, what, um, what type of message? Well, for me, it's all about storytelling. Mm-hmm. What I do is storytelling. I'm crafting an image. I'm crafting a story and there's a timeline and it might involve, you know, pretty dresses and cool outfits. But I, there is a, there is a start, a middle and an end with every press tour that I style my clients for. And there's a crescendo. So, um, you know, I uh, I approach my sort of technique with that just general theme. And then it's about where do the various pieces fit in that continue to tell that story or tell that message. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, Common, he's on a book tour right now. And um, he is sending the message of love and acceptance. And so how are we going to you know, somehow carry that theme and storytelling into his wardrobe. Okay, so what types of brands are we looking at? Is there anyone who had that, you know, storytelling and the inspiration behind designing their collection? Or maybe there's a color that feels right, like Mm -hmm. pink or, Mm -hmm. you know, so forth. Like, what are the small details that can have bigger impact? I think ultimately when you have a strong story, you know, that translates and that inspires people, that moves people. And then that's when you really have done your job well. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Tech's World USA is a must-attend international trade show featuring a wide range of fabrics, trims, and accessories. 
co-located with Apparel Sourcing USA, TexWorld is the only event on the East Coast devoted to sourcing finished apparel garments and accessories and is a hub for education and resources for the fashion industry. This edition's spotlight is on sustainability. Attendees won't want to miss Fashion Sustain, a one-day conference on sustainable practices, along with the popular educational series. Set for the Javits Convention Center, secure your badge for three days of sourcing, networking, and learning on July 22nd through the 24th of 2019. Register today at texworldusa.com. That's T-E-X-W-O-R-L-D-U-S-A dot now back to the episode and you have those like parallel moments almost to to boost that platform absolutely as in time with what the celebrity is looking for so how much input do your clients have around the types of brands they want to work with oh totally um you know i think it just depends on the client and their level of awareness mm-hmm. um for example i have some clients who are really um moved and have a personal sort of ethics in line with sustainability. Mm -hmm. And so we will make a concerted effort to make sure that across the board we are really um, championing that message. Or perhaps we want to shed a spotlight on um, new emerging talent um, from a specific continent. You know, we will focus in on that. And every, every opportunity just lends itself to its own message and story right yeah it's it's interesting isn't it now and there's so many new designers Mm -hmm. um and and i feel like that's how you bubble up is just having a a differentiated point of view or a higher a bigger meaning Um, totally so it seems like that would be a great a great place to to flaunt that and so whenever you're sifting through um you know looking at at instagram other places of inspiration let us not forget Print. Right. Print. Yeah, I was going to say, like, where I still buy magazines and tear them apart. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Do like do you work with anyone else in the industry around those types of? I mean, inspiration comes in so many forms. Mm -hmm. I'm moved by nature, by music, by film. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not just scrolling through your feed anymore. (laughs) And that can actually at times feel quite stale. You know, Mm -hmm. I think. my my inspiration and my ideas come from many places, um, from my peers, mm-hmm. from people, right, um, and from my clients. Do you feel so. like there's like an Instagram look that starts to look a little bit repetitive? If you're a blogger, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am not, and neither are my clients. Mm-hmm. So I think we sit in sort of a different arena. Right. Um, again, it's unique and personalized. That can't be replicated. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to create something that's repli- replicable. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's important. So whenever you're thinking, you know, here is the industry now, and, and there's a lot of things that have changed uh how would you sort of describe the difference between now and when you started your career oh my god I don't know how I used to do my job yeah right like what was it <laughs> thank god for technology what was I the mean landscape like? oh my gosh I mean I might as well have been sitting at a fax machine like sending through my requests I mean email and smartphones like game changer um mm-hmm. I remember a very different time um and that wasn't too long ago but I think that things are more streamlined. I mean, my office runs digitally. I can work from anywhere in the world mm-hmm. um, with the comfort of my phone or my laptop. And um, that's an amazing, amazing thing to be able to do. Um, 
photo sharing is hugely important for a number of reasons. Thank heavens for Google Docs and Google Suite and Drive and Dropbox and all that good stuff. Mm. But I mean, the, the landscape has changed. I can do everything 10 times faster in the blink of an eye especially being in New York City, and I'm bi-coastal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm in New York and L.A. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, the game has changed. Do you think fashion has been more democratized? Like it, what it used to be, like you had these set designers that the celebrities would want to wear? Yes, I think that the landscape has changed tremendously because I think, um, I think it's oversaturated. Mm-hmm. I think there are, I mean... There are more stylists now than there ever were before. Mm-hmm. Um, the The fact that there is this sort of heightened craze around um, events and attendance and getting that Instagrammable moment, um, that has changed things. I don't think there's enough clothes to go around. Right. I mean, the designers have even increased their collections. I mean, mm-hmm. resort and prefall now have like 120 looks, you right. know. Look at what Dior just showed. Um, mm. It's insane. And so um, I think that there is a there is a real demand. Um, and I think that the times have to sort of, you know, comply with that. So, so I, I mean, I think fashion has sped up to your to mm-hmm. your point. Um, designers that can have year round collections coming out, uh, huge collections though. It's not like twenty looks anymore. Right, it's like a hundred looks. Right, and it's still not enough. And it's still not enough. To your point. Uh, does that? Do you think that there's going to be like a burnout moment, like where everyone has everything like, oh. is cyclical? You're right. And I'm sure that things will sort of revert at some point back mm. to. Um, you know the old ways, right? Simplicity. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, on the on the point of influencers, do you feel like as you've grown your career, and stylists have kind of come more to the forefront, people are more interested in that uh, element between the celebrity and the stylist? Have you felt the need to build up your own like personality as an influencer because you have that that platform as well? Yeah, I think I have a responsibility. And I think my responsibility is to be a resource and to um, share my knowledge and educate people, um, you know, through my platform. So there is real power in that. And I think it's amazing. And I want to be responsible with with that message. And I also think that beyond that, you know, I have um, I have the access to a community of people at my fingertips that's something that i i mean prior to instagram there was you know facebook to some extent but even then i mean the fact that you can reach so many people and share a message is of your choosing mm-hmm. is phenomenal um and so i'm empowered to share you know what i know to inspire people i wrote a book last year i um, I'm launching a new vertical in my business. Um, you know, I, the first thing I'm going to do is use social media to, you know, promote all of that. Right. So where are you taking the business? Bridal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you'll be, is that for, for everyone or celebrities? Uh, it will be, it will be styling brides. Celebrity mm-hmm. um, is definitely a, a major focus. Consulting to brands, mm-hmm. um, styling runway shows. It's the exact same thing that I'm doing now, just in a different market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited about it 
So, um, of course, putting a luxury spin on things is right. my mo. Right. Um, but I think that there is a real, you know, powerful way to convey that message, and social media is, you know such an incredible marketing tool. Mm -hmm. So what's what's your day-to-day like? Like, you know, how do you sort of manage everything that is happening on your side of the business and then with all of your clients and the brands you're working with? Oh, my God. No day is the same. (laughs) Um, No two days are alike. Um, I could be doing meetings. I could be um, meeting with designers, going to see new collections, attending shows, uh, fitting my clients. And then, of course, there's plenty of mundane, boring stuff mm. that goes into running a daily operation. Right. Um, so, you know, calling messengers and dealing with FedEx deliveries and so forth. It's really glamorous, let oh, me yeah. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the job's got to get done. Right. So yeah. so for when it's fashion week, say, in New York, um, you know, we talk a lot about, like, you know, who what who the fashion show still serves, mm-hmm. what designers are showing where, and, you know, is there even a need for this type of platform anymore? Does that still play, like, a, a big role of the job, or, or, you know, how do you sort of deal with, with those sh- with the show aspect of it? So, I mean, attending shows is hugely important. Um, it's changed now. Mm-hmm. It's more of an event and a spectacle um, because, for me, I also want to see – all the other pieces that aren't shown on the runway. And just to clarify for anyone listening, there's much more clothing that's produced in a collection than what you see go down the runway. Mm -hmm. And there's also plenty of things layered underneath. I love going to the shows because you're sort of – you're entering this world. It's the sort of editorialized, you know, dream of a brand, and you're being brought into that. Um, that's really important. That's the essence of a brand and of a collection. And it's also part of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the real work is going to going to see the pieces in person, um, going to the Reese's, you know, touching things, looking at things, unlayering things. Right. Um, what would this actually be like? Yeah. You know? And how do you sort of adapt it to be wearable in mm-hmm. the real world? What goes down the runway is amazing. Half the time it's not totally wearable Mm -hmm. and you know to to put it on a real body requires reworking things and tailoring or right adjusting things so i do a lot of custom design too right oh nice yeah um yeah so as you're you know looking forward you're you're going into bridal as as a stylist today do you think that there's more doors open like where do you plan to take everything that you've built and and do you see like just because of that one how much the fashion industry has changed mm-hmm. and to like the the how the role of the stylist has changed do you feel like there's more avenues for you to extend down and explore absolutely um i think the possibilities are endless i am so excited to be sort of cultivating my own name into a brand and what that means for me is not just um sharing my knowledge um but creating products and creating my own sort of editorialized dream and inviting people in to experience that, whether that's through bridal, whether that's through celebrity red carpet, whether that's through a collection of my own one day. I think um, I think there is a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so, you know, what would you say – 
what's like the expectation versus reality for for a lot of aspects of the job. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you love when you see that on social too? Mm -hmm. Um, The expectation is that it is this glamorous life and I'm just jet setting all over the world and I'm mingling with movie stars and wearing couture and um, that's not really the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Um, 90% of the time it's unpacking boxes, you know, um, heavy lifting, taking red eyes, um, working around the clock, different time zones, very little sleep. I mean, like, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, the exciting stuff makes up for, you know, all of the hard work, but it's a lot of a lot of hard work. The unglamorous side of it all, right. people would be surprised. All right. What was yeah. the most exciting moment to date? Oh, gosh. Um, I love my clients. I'm so <laughs> fortunate. I would say, I think award season never gets old for mm-hmm. me. It is the most stressful time of year across the board. It is two months of like being hazed. Everyone's busy. <laughs> Everyone needs to be on the red carpet at the same exact time. The stakes are high. You know, um, it's it's a lot of pressure, but seeing your hard work pay off on a global scale and watching your clients walk the red carpet or accept an award or present an award is just phenomenal. And to know that you are a piece of history, mm. that that image in that moment will literally circulate the globe and that you have had a hand in that and in sharing in a moment. These are some of the most important moments in my clients' careers. You know, to be a part of something so personal and so special is so meaningful. And that's why I do my job. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, it was so much fun having you. Thank Thank you you so much for the time. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. As a thank you for listening, we're passing along a limited time introductory offer on a three-month subscription to Glossy Plus. Glossy Plus members access unlimited stories, exclusive research, and more. Join today for just $49. That's $80 off by entering the code intro at checkout at glossy.co slash subscribe. And as always, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Anchor FM and leave us any feedback you have.